Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. 2021, Happy New Year. We'll continue to bring you the latest information for guys before, during, and after divorce, in addition to our virtual town hall. So check out more information through social media, as well as our website at cordellcordell.com to get more information as it relates to items just like this podcast or our live virtual town hall, where in uh, this month you'll have an opportunity to log in, join, and ask questions live of our panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys and get answers right then and right there on topics that affect you before, during, and after divorce and everything related to family law. As I start out every podcast, keep in mind that we don't want to develop an attorney-client relationship because your facts and circumstances are unique and our recommendations or any advice that we may give in a consultation would be uh, absolutely necessary to have you uh, get us more information. We can't give you advice in this podcast. We certainly just want to educate you, give you some tips and ideas and uh, our experience and certainly with my host today who has plenty of that. Uh, so we're going to continue to do that for you. If you have questions, give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW. You can set up a consultation via Zoom just like this, WebEx, uh, FaceTime, phone call, or you can come in person where appropriate and where you feel comfortable in doing so around the country with our offices throughout the United States as well as the UK. So let's get to it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. We've got joined by our litigation partner, uh, Andy, up in Boston. Welcome. Thank you, Scott. Hey, thanks for joining again. Always good to have you today. We're going to talk about financial statements in divorce, modification, anything regarding family law. Obviously, depending upon your state, uh, there are various forms and things like that that are requiring you to do so, and uh, various local rules require you to file these uh, documents we're going to talk about. Uh, so it's a very important topic. Uh, I know if you look through some of my uh, 10 stupidest mistakes, both virtual town halls, podcasts, this to me is probably the most single most important document that you'll complete. Obviously, you can get uh, varying opinions as it relates to the importance of documents, but I'm a big fan of devoting a lot of time to this. So let's start out, Andy, uh, for, the, for those that are listening and watching, they're questioning, well, what do you mean financial statement? What is it in the realm of family law? A financial statement is a five to 10 page document, which has to be filed in almost every domestic case. And it's used by the court to make an assessment of the, uh, the party's uh, financial status with regard to their income, assets, uh, liabilities. Um, it is the most important document you will complete during the course of a uh, domestic case of any kind. Um, yeah. No regard, absolutely. Enough time cannot be spent on this to make it as accurate as possible because um, in today's world of virtual court hearings, um, in very short periods of time that judges have to devote to cases, um, judges rely very heavily on financial statements. They're not going to be looking at bank account statements. They're not going to be looking at tax returns. They're going to be looking at what is on your financial statement because it is generally uh, sworn under pains and penalties of perjury, and they will make decisions about what portion of the marital estate you'll receive or how much child support you're going to be paying or how much alimony you're going to be paying based on the accuracy and information that is reflected in your financial statement. So again, it is the most important document in your case. It is. I mean, I've told this story so many times and when you were practicing in Georgia and uh, I did as well, uh, and I called this the tax return just simply because, you know, guys 
everyone, humans, people in you know, the United States spend an inordinate amount of time on their tax return because they fear the IRS, that they're going to get audited if they make one you know, penny mistake on their tax return. But yet lawyers, for whatever reason, have uh, not intentionally, but you know, just looked at this as, like, oh, just another thing you have to file. And when I was in Georgia, to emphasize the importance of this, you know, I was in Gwinnett County. I was trying a case against a lawyer who's been around the block a long time and knows the judge very, very well. And I cross-examined his client for a couple hours and just destroyed her credibility. And at the end of the you know couple of days, this judge, you know, and, and this lawyer knew each other real well. They were friends outside of court, and he always makes you worry. But he looked at him and he said, you know, um, I think your client's in trouble. And I've heard enough here. And, and it was all because of this one document. And this lawyer just didn't see it, didn't you know, pay enough attention to the math. Uh, they were asking for maintenance and child support, and it just blew the case apart. And especially representing guys, it's so important because you don't have a lot of credibility chances when you're going to court. Uh, you know, You basically have one chance, otherwise you're a liar. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So I, I just like to talk about it, and I've said it so many times about my experiences with it. It's the one thing that I always uh, look, first look to when I'm uh, taking on a case. So let's talk, Andy, about it. I know we, we could talk for, for a long time about the importance, but what's on this document? Maybe go through what they would expect to see uh, as they go through a financial statement. And it varies, you know, city to city, county to county, state to state. They all contain basic components, and the first one is going to be, what is your income? Um, sometimes they're going to want to know what is your income on a weekly basis. Sometimes what is it on a um, monthly basis? Generally, it's going to ask, what is the gross income amount? And it's going to differentiate that between net, because most times alimony and child support are based on gross income, not net income. Mm -hmm. Second portion of a financial statement is going to be, what are the assets of the marital estate? Um, what, are, what is the equity in a home? What's the value of a pension? What's the value of 401k? Um, value of uh, cars, any types of brokerage accounts, those types of things. So the court can determine what is subject to division as part of the divorce. Uh, a third component to every financial statement is going to be what are the individual's living expenses. We're talking about what's the monthly mortgage payment? What are they paying for utilities? What are they paying for food? What are they paying for uh, entertainment? What are they paying for cable? Those types of things. And of course, right now, um, we're not spending as much money as we normally would be about going out to eat or perhaps going on vacations because of COVID. Um, and so you wanna be sure to make sure that you're uh, turning notes in your financial statement that this is what I'm spending right now, but Post-COVID, pre-COVID and post-COVID, this is what I expect to spend. Um, so the judge knows uh, what your expected expenses are going to be because hopefully this will end and we can all go back to normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, the last part of every uh, financial statement is going to be what are your liabilities, such as credit card debts, uh, car loans, 
um, any personal loans you've made to uh, taken out, um, that type of thing. Yeah, you know, the income and expense, you know, it, it's as simple as, you know, I always say like, get a calculator, make sure you're double checking, use averages, get your last bills, pull out a bank statement. Um, I just had a client file something and we thought we'd gone through a lot of it and I noticed that there was one item that just didn't seem right. And I'm thinking, well, how did you arrive at this number? Well, I just guessed. And I'm like, gosh, you don't have an opportunity to just guess so wildly, right? Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see is at the end of the day, like in, in Missouri, for example, where I'm practicing, you have your income, you have your expenses, and then you have what's called net available funds. What's left after you spend everything? And guys I meet with every day are living paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes they're spending more uh, than they earn and they're running up credit card debt. Then the question has to say, when guys, you're listening right now, if the income and expense statement you complete has more money at, and net available after you've listed all of your expenses and you don't have that in your checking account or savings account, something's wrong. You're missing an expense. Uh, and I think that's just huge because it, you know, the one thing that I, I caution people is this pre-printed form that's created by a court system doesn't necessarily reflect all the potential expenses that you may or may not have. That is huge. And, and I think it's something that you really need to be talking to your attorney about and, and thinking about, well, what else is out there? How do I think, you know, a day in the life, what am I spending my money on and where, where's my money going? And that's really what a court is interested in. Um, and, you know, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on all that. Well, what I always suggest my clients do is as tedious and boring as it sounds, is go print out a year's worth of bank account statements, go print out a year's worth of credit card statements, however you pay your expenses, and go back and look for expenses which we all forget that we may, you know, you pay it once a year, such as an excise tax, tax a credit card fee, um, you know, house repairs, there's a one-time $5,000 repair you have for your house or you have coming up, um, and you forget about it. Mm -hmm. And But that is an annual expense which needs to be included on your financial statement, and, and it needs to be averaged out either as, as monthly yeah. expense or weekly expense. And I can assure you that your wife or your ex-wife is going to pound as many expenses as possible and become mm -hmm. very creative. Um, about what she can put on her financial statement to make herself look as desperate for money um, and have the most expenses in the world and, and right. go in there just saying, ah, you know, I've got a mortgage, I've got utilities and that's it because suddenly your, your, your net income, I mean, your, your net available uh, money to spend is huge. And yeah. we're over there looking like the victim um, because she put more detail and time into her financial yeah. I mean, stamps, postage, you know, shipping, you name the things that are just won't be on that, that sheet. I, I, I'm just trying to go in through, as you were speaking in my mind, the things that may or may not be there, renewal of my plates, the, you know, the fees for that, the inspection, whatever, things that we just aren't top of mind, like, you know, electric, gas, phone, water, sewer, trash. Those are the easy ones. We pay them monthly. It's the ones that may be so infrequent that's important. So I think it's a really good point to, to kind of talk about. But then what is it that if you guys get a pencil and, or a pen and a paper right now, what documents should they be gathering to bring to their attorney, to the meeting, kind of go through that and to help them assist in that financial statement? I always ask for three years of tax returns, three years of W-2s or 1099s, depending on what, their, what type of income they have. Um, three years of bank account statements, three years of credit card statements, um, the appraisals, if you've had your house appraised, 
um, tax assessments. You can always get those easily online. How, what is your house last appraised for from, the, from a tax purpose? Um, three years of retirement account statements. Um, and all these are extremely important um, because I need to be able to see what's out there because your attorney is going to have to sign that financial statement saying that it is true and accurate. And in order to do so, we need to see what your documents say. And it's not that we're trying to be annoying or tedious. It's because we're trying to protect you. And yeah. if we don't see something or if we find something that you need to know and the court needs to know about, that's our job to make sure it appears in the financial statement to make the court aware so the best decision and most educated decision can be made by the court and what is fair in the division of the estate and what amount of support, if any, should be paid. Yeah, and I think one thing I always tell guys, uh, you know, it, it's not often, it's not too late to maybe modify your statements. I don't know what your thought is, but I've got a client that did that, filed something I was a second lawyer in, and it's it's midway through the case. And I'm like, look, we got to amend our statements. We got to go through and let's just clarify. And the reason and cross is, look, hey, I guessed and I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the documents that, that you just went through, Andy, to kind of go through and appropriately determine what my financials and my assets and the values and so, you know, you can't, yes, it's going to be used against you, but don't let it just be the only one that you file, right? No, absolutely. Most, most times I have a client redo or amend their financial statement every hearing. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that I always, one people, people always put $10, they'll put yeah. $50 for an expense. Don't ever put zero, zero. Don't ever put 15 look at the average. If you have a year's worth of statements and you have, you know, a utility expense, average what it's going to be and put that amount in. So it's, it's $15.32. Put it on the piece of yeah. paper. I'm a judge and I say, I see $15.32 versus $15. I'm going to believe and have, feel like, okay, this person really looked into what this expense was and it's credible. And I'm going to believe yeah. this versus someone who's just got slapdash and said, ah, 15 bucks. Yeah. No, it's like listing something for sale and make them think, boy, they really did. They must know something. I don't, you know, it, it is, it's true. I mean, it's the first thing zeros are going to, I'm, I'm on it. As soon as I see zeros, I'm thinking, okay, let's dig a little bit further and figure out how I can cross examine them. Cases are won and lost on it. I'm just, I know it. I know, you know, it, um, it's just an opportunity for me to just blast someone for hours on the stand. And I don't want, you know, we don't want our clients to be the subject of that. And, uh, it's terrible. So, Andy, thanks for joining today. Great information. So important. You know, you want more information on this, go find out. We have other podcasts on this, The 10 Stupidest Mistakes, uh, Virtual Town Hall. Uh, we have a book out of, about it. Uh, it's so important to just focus on it, and it's so easy to solve and to make sure you don't get yourself caught. So, again, Andy, thanks for joining today and giving guys great advice. Appreciate it. Continue to tune in to our virtual town halls. We do this podcast twice every week now, moving into 2021. As we roll out of COVID, we're just going to talk simply about guys and, and divorce and modifications, contempts, paternities, all those things that matter most to guys. You know, when we say family law doesn't go to bed at five. And so here we're thinking about things to bring to you that make a difference. So uh, tune in, check us out, cordellcordell.com. You can schedule an appointment at 866-DADS-LAW. Follow us on social media. You'll get the latest information there as well. And register now for the virtual town hall that's coming up here in mid to late January. You want to reserve your spot so you can log in live and ask questions live of a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. So until next time, have a great week.